Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if a semi full of tortoises collided with a semi full of terrapins, would that be a turtle disaster? Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I'm huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. So let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris... She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather heard this week that if you cut a worm in half, both ends were wriggle. But she discovered not if you cut it lengthways, Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> I didn't actually do that. Yes, you did. I saw you do it. All right. Worm genocide. <laughs> we'll serve with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim had her purse stolen this week by a man wearing camouflage and using crutches. You can hide, but you can't run. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. <laughs> Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras than leads than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He's also our producer and sound engineer. Greg made a complaint about the sushi bar at Minneapolis Airport this week. 
He said the conveyor belt was too big and the food tasted luggagey. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Craig. I, I believe we're just a couple of minutes in and I have invented the word luggagey. See how that works. I'm inventing, we're inventing our own words. This is just a joy, isn't it? This is series two, episode 45. 45 is a fabulous number. If you dialed the international dialing code of 45, you will be put through to Denmark, Copenhagen. The land of bacon and Carlsberg. There you go. <laughs> Fabulous. In marriage, 45 years is considered to be a what wedding? Does anyone want to grab some points? 45. What are we thinking here? Long. A long marriage. <laughs> yes. You don't she get that from... too long. She just said long. long. You don't get that from robbery, do you? Anyone want to grab some points early? Think of a semi-precious stone. You've got ruby. You've got what? What are we getting for 45? Emerald. Greg's losing points. Oh, I was going to say that. Thanks for losing them. Okay, both of you. Way Kim's off the mark with one resplendent point. Forty-five apparently is a sapphire wedding. I used to take my ex-wife everywhere, but she always found her way home. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) she once got a mud packed and looked fabulous for two days until all the mud fell off. A soccer game has two. There'll be letters. A soccer game has two 45-minute halves. And if you're old enough to remember, the 45 RPM was the speed of a record player. Now, we're in January, and I've done over the last couple of weeks fascinating things to do with January, fascinating facts for the week that is coming. The 20th of January, this coming Wednesday, is St Agnes Day. St. Agnes, of course, the patron saint of shepherds, sheep and virgins. So uh, sheep don't count, apparently. A day on which single and unmarried girls who wish to dream of their future husbands must perform rituals before they go to sleep. So on the 20th of January, this coming Wednesday, I believe, St. Agnes Day, if you wish to dream of your future husband your future spouse. You can do rituals before you go to bed. One of those, apparently, is to fast before you sleep. No food all day long. So if you dream of Colonel Sanders that night, that's very unfortunate. Walking upstairs backwards is another ritual. So you've had no food, no drink. You've got to go up the stairs backwards on your way to bed. Eating something called a dumb cake, which is a cake made in total silence amongst your friends. So your friends have got to make you a cake. It's called a dumb cake, D-U-M-B. And they need to make that in silence. I'm looking around the room because I know for a fact none of you have got friends that could get together and make a cake in complete silence. I almost guarantee it. (laughs) But it has to be made with a lot of salt, apparently, and that's the way to go. So St Agnes Day on Wednesday, if any ladies out there wish to be dreaming and seeing the face of their future husband. We have a Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. All of our stories from tonight are posted on there. I guarantee there's no other witchcraft spells on there. SoundCloud, if you go to SoundCloud, all of our shows are archived. If you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA Radio, you will find our shows over the last three years for you to listen to. That's very popular. They're also available, apparently, on iTunes and Stitcher and many other platforms as well. We have a YouTube account that has some outtakes on it that I've been told are very funny. Again, on YouTube, we are more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. And once again, we have a Twitter account. We have 74,000 followers on Twitter at the moment. That's Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And I currently have a book out called How to Be 
a Christian psychic, what the Bible says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators. And that's currently also available online and through Amazon. Now, this time each week, I like to go through the mailbag. So I've got a few messages here that have been sent to me via electronic mail or via Facebook. So Mary this week in Illinois has written on Facebook. She says, once again, you took me from tears to laughter. I'm so glad I found you. It's taking her back from laughter to tears, which is the difficult thing, of course. <laughs> Jeff from Washington said, brilliant and hilarious each week and every week. Tanya from Victoria in Australia, one of our Australian listeners, has said, I had tears of laughter in some parts of last week's show. Some. I know, only some. <laughs> it was the best 10 minutes of radio she's ever listened to in a 60-minute show. She says she really loved the stories, and this is what made her laugh the most, was the sewage-related and scrotum jokes. So uh, fulfilling Australian stereotypes there for us down under. And she listens with her husband, <laughs> and she's been listening for the last six months, apparently. So thank you for that. Yeah, we yeah, appreciate all of our listeners, wherever you're listening, all over the world, 120 countries when we last listened, going out live on Dark Matter Radio. Greg, you've got a bit of business you want to bring up. Now, over Christmas, Kim, your fabulous wife, decided it would be a good idea. The man that has everything, I might add. She decided it would be a good idea to get you one of these ancestry websites, one of these DNA tests. And this is where you send off, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but you put a little bit of spittle into a pot, you send it off, and then it comes back. I'm guessing it's spittle. It was spittle. It, was, okay, yep, I'm just checking. I was wondering if there was anything else involved. So ultimately, several weeks later, they then give you back your DNA results to tell you where your ancestry comes from. Now, before we get into this in any depth, Explain to me where you thought you were from. What have you been told all your life, Greg? Well, I was mostly German. I know I had uh, some ancestors from France. Yes, we don't talk about that. That's all that I really <laughs> knew about. But ultimately, as a Minnesotan, we're looking at pretty much German and Scandinavian here, aren't we? Right. That's the stereotypes. Would you like to explain to our listeners, live on air, you have the paperwork in your hand. The envelope has been opened. It's just like the Golden Globes, only minus Ricky Gervais. Would you like to perhaps tell our listeners the biggest hit for your DNA was? The biggest one, the biggest percentage was from Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. This is yeah. hilarious. I don't know if I like that or if I'm... You've got no out. choice. <laughs> it's running through your veins. I'm going to get you interested in fish and chips and tea. To be fair, you've already started watching the soccer, haven't you? Yep. We've already started this. Now, what's very interesting from my perspective... Due to all the racism I received from this group here, this panel, on a yearly basis, week in, week out, this is hilarious. It makes me wonder what your mother was doing, by the way, back in the day. No secret trips to London, I'm guessing. <laughs> but I had my DNA done last year, and the most percentage of my DNA was actually from the Balkans, Romania, Hungary, and the second largest hit was North India. And remember, this goes back millennia because I've done my family tree research. As a historian, I've done my family tree. And dating back to the 1580s and the 1590s, my family is still living in London. We've been living in London for five to six hundred years. So despite that, 
my biggest hits are still in Hungary and Romania because originally they must have diasporically come from Eastern Europe into Britain before that period. Now, bearing in mind, I can trace my family tree back to London for the 1580s. You're more British than I am, Greg. I know that. How's this even possible? How's this come about? I don't know. I demand a retest. Do they check for steroids on that as we? Any drug taking? Anything we (laughs) need? It doesn't say anything about that. Doesn't say anything about that. To be fair, your second and third biggest hits, I believe, are kind of Eastern Europe and uh, Western Europe. Scandinavia. Scandinavia. So you have got elements of those things in there. That just made me smile that Greg is more British than I am, apparently. Now, unbeknownst to me, I believe, Greg, that you wanted to try an experiment tonight. Is that correct? You had a, a book oh, sitting yeah. behind you. I'm just amazed that Greg actually has this in his house. This is the first thing. I thought he was using this to prop open the kitchen door. What well, have you got in front of you then? I picked it up from behind the door. You did? Yeah, it's a Webster's Dictionary. So what is your and plan? Well, I'm going to pick out or I'm just going to flip it open and point to a word, and everybody has to use that word when they do their stories tonight. So the plan is Greg's going to pick a random word from the dictionary. That's Greg. He's got wind. I can only apologize. The word is guess. Gas. Or guess. 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 G-U-E-S-S. Right. Guess. Okay. So Heather's word tonight, she gets a point for every time the word guess is brought into the conversation. I do, guess Do so. I not get one? Why is mine? Oh, I thought everybody would use the same word. I thought we'd have a different one. How's no, that? Oh, we'll forget. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Try, no, go and grab the book again. I want my own word. I don't want to use guess. We should have our own word. So... Greg's just Something breaking. Hard. This Go is on. great radio, isn't it? Hand. Hand. Okay. Uh-huh. Greg's giving me hand. That's excellent. Kim, what would you like? Would you like hand or disestablishmentarianism? Onset. Onset. <laughs> Onset. Okay. That should be. Well, let me write that down because we wouldn't want to forget that, would we? There we go. If Greg's got a word that's outside of no or yes, he's got problems. <laughs> this is where, <laughs> where we are. Fabulous. Well, we sprint into the first round tonight, which is ghosts and hauntings. And I have a story here on hand. It says <laughs> celebrity big brother housemates feel spooky presence following the death of Angie's ex-husband, David Bowie. Oh, sad for him. It is indeed. And his family, of course. Celebrity big brother housemates have discussed feeling a spooky presence just hours after the news of David Bowie's death rocked the world this week. It is still unknown whether the housemates were aware of David's passing, with bosses having told Angie Bowie off camera at the beginning of the week. However, it appears that housemates were still in the dark about the musician's death when talking about a ghost haunting the house. Now, just for those people on the planet that don't know what celebrity Big Brother is, they get a group of celebrities together. They stick them in a big house with lots of cameras. You're not allowed access to the outside world. You don't have Internet, television, radio. And they film you almost like an anthropological experiment. And in Britain at the moment, it's currently on British television. One of those housemates is Angie Bowie, of course, who used to be his manager. And I believe they were married for 10 years back in the back in the 70s. So very interesting. The show's official Twitter revealed that Gemma Collins was the first to feel the presence before Jonathan Chebon and Tiffany Pollard agreed. These are meant to be celebrities, but I've just read out three names and they mean nothing to me. <laughs> Granted, I've not been living in Britain for the last five or six years, but these are people I have no idea who they are. Another post shortly afterwards added, we're still talking about the house ghost. Everything that's happened is blamed on a spook or a banshee. 
David Banshee, no doubt. CBB has confirmed that Angie will stay in the house, having been told about his passing off camera. A statement read, following the very sad news of David Bowie's death, we can now confirm that Angie Bowie has been informed off camera by her representatives. The decision to remain in the house is entirely her choice, and she has been given the option to leave at any time if she changes her mind. Appropriate support will be available to Angie at any time if needed. David died on Monday, surrounded by his loved ones. During her time in the house, Angie, who used to manage David, told her fellow celebrities she doesn't speak to her ex. He hates me, she said, explaining why she has not spoken to the legendary ex-husband for nearly 40 years. I go to great lengths to avoid him, she admitted. Did you think I was going to be polite, to be nice, so that people like me? No. It was terrible when we broke up. It was just awful. He came to visit at first... And then he didn't want to visit me anymore. Well, he may come for more visits now, mightn't he? The interesting thing is that the housemates didn't know at that very moment in the house at the beginning of this week that David Bowie had passed. And they claimed at night they could hear a ghost and sense a ghost walking around the bedrooms and walking around the house, not knowing that David Bowie had died at that moment with Angie Bowie in the house. Do you see what I'm saying? This is the story. I think that's very, very interesting. I shall give myself a glut of fabulous points and put you all under pressure. I thought maybe you'd get a handful of points. Oh, thanks. That's useful, Greg. Yeah, let me go to three now on the back of that. A handful of points. Thank (laughs) you. What have you got for me tonight, Heather, in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I guess I better do my story. Guess or guest. (laughs) Guess. It's guess. It's guess, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You get one point. (laughs) I see where we're going. Bulldozers tear down hospital morgue in China, burying six bodies. Are they already dead? Yes. They are. Okay. So they've been buried under the rubble. Hence the word morgue. Yes, I understand that. Latin for death, no doubt. Bulldozers unexpectedly demolish part of a hospital and its adjoining morgue in central China. Unexpectedly? You don't bulldoze... It was unexpectedly. So some bulldozers just arrived? Unexpectedly. This is like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where Arthur Dent's enjoying a nice cup of tea and all of a sudden bulldozers arrive at his cottage and knock it down unexpectedly yes that's exactly what happened it actually sent doctors nurses and patients fleeing and burying under rubble six bodies being processed at the morgue report said friday someone somewhere is going to get sacked aren't they on the back of this yes you can't unexpectedly bulldozers take a lot of they just don't tiptoe up to you you don't say oh i suddenly got jumped by a bulldozer do you oh let me go further the official zinhao news agency reported that the hospital accused the local government of ordering the demolition work after failing to get the hospital to agree to it for a road expansion project ah welcome Mm. to china this right. is exactly what happened to Arthur Den because his house was being knocked down to make way for a bypass. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what happened in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You'll be telling me next that they get taken on board a Vogon ship and he has to put a little fish in his ear to understand everybody. I don't think that's No, that doesn't happen. Okay. The number four hospital of Zhengzhou University in Henan province said the unexpected demolition work Thursday morning buried six bodies stored in the morgue. It actually caused $4.3 million worth of damage and injured several hospital staff, according to Zinhao. 
Burying the remains of patients is enormously disrespectful to the dead. I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Yes, but I think it's under your terms and not theirs is where we are. And rubble isn't normally the way to go, is it? The hospital's deputy propaganda chief, Zhang Wan, was quoted as saying, I never imagined anything like this would ever happen. Obviously, since everybody was still in the hospital, the Haiju District Government Information Office said in an online statement Thursday evening that they had asked the hospital in vain to demolish the CT room and morgue itself. It said workers had made sure there were no people inside the buildings before tearing them down and there had been no casualties. Well, that's not exactly accurate, is it? Calls to the mobile of an official at the Construction Bureau rang unanswered Friday. Forced demolitions are a common problem in China. Forced. 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 That's terrible. You sat there having a cup of tea. Yes. That's shocking. People could die. Uh, so they just wanted to... A few to be- were injured. They wanted to build a road. They didn't have permission. So it's difficult to... Re- I'd get them to rebuild the whole thing from brick to brick, wouldn't you? I guess that would be a good thing. This happened in Britain. I guess that would be a good thing. I wonder why you was interrupting. You're getting points here. I don't even know. <laughs> I've got to hand it to you. That's quite impressive. <laughs> That's only during your story. Oh, you're making up the rules. I want to see where the rules are written down. We only made this up three minutes ago. Where are the rules, I tell you? My granddad, before every board game, used to have to read the rules. He wouldn't want to be conned or taken advantage of. If we were going to play Monopoly around me nan and granddad's house, he'd want two hours to read the rules. I swear, you just get on with it. Go for it. Roll the dice. You know, sailor V. You know, take it as it comes. But no, granddad wants to read the rules, apparently. So Um, there we go. I still can't believe that, though. There was a story in Britain where a pub got knocked down in similar circumstances. Were there people in it? There wasn't, no. And it was a listed building. And they wanted to build a road or put some sort of uh, development on the site. And uh, they knocked the pub down. And they decided that because it was knocked down unlawfully, that it had to be put back exactly how it looked when they knocked it down. So the company that did that were actually charged and were told to replace this listed pub exactly how it was, brick for brick, before they knocked it down. So that is something... Craig Charles was in a campaign behind that. Craig Charles, if you know, is the character or the actor that plays the character, I believe, Lister in Red Dwarf. So if you know of him, he was behind that campaign because I believe that was his local pub. So you turn up at the door and it's not there anymore. Just a pile of rubble. But they did a similar thing, and it was uh, with the expectation that once you'd knocked it down, there was nothing you could then do about it. So the local council said, well, you're going to have to rebuild that exactly how it looked, brick for brick. So I don't know how far they got with that, but that's what indeed happened. I have a story that says, this is a ghost on horseback in an English graveyard. An amateur photographer believes he has unwittingly captured a spooky picture of a ghost on horseback in a graveyard. Richard Durham, 45, took the eerie snap as he went for a walk with his new camera on New Year's Day. The dad of three stopped by Weedenbeck Cemetery in Daventry, Northamptonshire, and photographed the frosty scene at around 9am. But when he returned home and uploaded it to Facebook, an eagle-eyed pal pointed out the ghostly image lurking behind a row of headstones. Since then, the gardener has been contacted by dozens of spooked web users who believe they can see the chilling outline of a hooded figure and a horse. Yesterday, Richard from Northant said the weird thing is, one friend told me her three-year-old daughter always acts quite strange around that area. 
a three-year-old girl acting strange. Who knew? She stops and holds her hand out. Like she's stroking a horse. <laughs> Another friend told me her child did exactly the same, so I'm guessing she held her hand out as well. I do believe in ghosts, but never thought I would ever capture one on camera. All I was doing was trying to get a few nice weather shots on a frosty and misty morning. It's quite an old village, so probably has a few stories to tell. Locals have been telling me at the pub down the road it's haunted by a horseman. Apparently he used to walk there from the main church through the graveyard and up along the canal. So maybe it's him. If any stranger asks you, by the way, on a misty night, have you seen my horse? Then may be the time to run. Richard, a volunteer fundraiser for the Warwickshire and Northamptonshire Air Ambulance, added, I got a message from my ambulance colleague saying there's a ghost in your photo. I didn't believe her at first as I couldn't see it for ages, but then I spotted it and I thought, wow. It's hard to spot to begin with, but once you spot it, you can see it's there. I've actually posted this photograph on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and look for more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, you can see the photograph of the gentleman standing next to the horse. It actually looks like one of those magic eye pictures from the 1990s. Do you remember those? Where yes. you'd stare at this picture, this strange collection of shapes and colours, and in your eyes would go slightly crossed. Permission to use the word strabismus. It is one of my favourite words. And then you'd see the image coming out of you. Merry strabismus, by the way. And you would see that image coming out. It's very similar to that. It will take you a while to see this come at you. But once you see it, you can't unsee it. To me, it looks like he's holding something and looking down at a grave, like he might be laying flowers. Also, you can just make out a horse to his left. It's pretty freaky, to say the least. I did an investigation quite a while ago now, back in probably 2008, 2009. In a village called Ampton in Bedfordshire, there's a Jacobean hunting lodge. That's derelict. It's just a ruin, but you can walk around the ruin. It's owned by English Heritage. It's called Houghton House. You can look this up, Houghton House. And we did some investigations there. We recorded a residual haunting, or what I believe to be a residual haunting, on a digital voice recorder. And it sounded exactly like a horse and carriage going past. Now, obviously, a horse and carriage wouldn't be going around in Britain during this time of modernity. So we think we recorded a ghostly residual audio haunting of Houghton House. It used to be a hunting lodge. There'd be lots of horses, lots of dogs running around back in the day. But we actually recorded what sounded like a horse and carriage running by. But if people wish to see that image, it is on our Facebook site. Who else has got a ghost story for tonight? What have you got oh, for I me do. there, Kim? Fabulous. Possibly one of the new wonders of the world. Really? A visit with a frozen dead guy. The visit with a frozen dead guy. Is yes. that someone living in Minnesota, I'm guessing, since it was minus 30 last weekend? <laughs> Could possibly minus, happen, couldn't it? Minus 30. I never thought I would live in a part of the world that got to minus 30. That's so cold that your eyelids freeze together and you can't open your eyes. You have to put your finger in your eye to open your eyes. <laughs> when I first arrived here and it was minus 30, minus 40, I thought, I'll do that trick where you can go outside you throw a cup of water into the air and see what happens, thinking it will come down as ice, right? So I go outside. I think to myself, this will be a fun experiment because you've got to bear in mind, I've barely seen any snow, right? I'm brought up in London. We get a couple of inches every now and then, every couple of years, and it's not that cold, to be honest. So it's minus 30, minus 40. I throw a cup of water into the air, thinking it would come down as ice. There was this popping sound, and it just disappeared. It went... 
and disappeared. Nothing even got down to the ground. It just vaporised. <laughs> You're looking at me as if I'm mad. You've grown up in this. This is unique for me. I've never seen anything like it. It's Neither unbelievable. Have I. Neither of you. <laughs> and you've lived here all your life. Fabulous. Brito Marstol lived his whole 89 years of relatively peaceful and serene life in his native Norway. And then there was an onset of cold. Oh, no. No, it was not until the onset of death that his adventures began. There you get yourself a point there. Who knew? <laughs> I had it planned. I'm sorry. I stole your thunder. After Morstol's passing in 1989, his grandson, Mr. Bauget, had his body shipped to San Francisco for a temporary stay at an early cryonics facility. Meanwhile, Bauget was busy working on building his own cryonics facility in Nederland, Colorado, where he lived with his mother. Hang on, what, in his basement made out of Lego and stuff? Uh, no. One, how does one build their own cryogenic facility in their basement? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to put in a pool table and maybe a TV and family room. A cryogenic facility. Haven't you seen one of those full-size freezers? Yes, it's called Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Though it was very bare bones, with bodies frozen under a pile of dry ice, Bauget took on two deceased clients, Morstol and a man from Chicago who died from liver failure. From there, things got a bit complicated. Do you not need a license to be storing bodies in your house? You would think. You can't just do that randomly as a hobby, can you? You've got to get a license, surely. Uh, Bauget was deported in the mid-1990s for living in the U.S. without a visa, and his mother was kicked out of Nederland. Doesn't say why. The stripping, Chicago- <laughs> I'm guessing, but let's say stripping. The Chicago man's body was returned to his family, leaving the body of Grandpa Brito Morstol, a sort of frozen dead orphan, in a shed in the hills above Nederland. It was a frozen burrito. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't believe you'd make jokes like that about the dead. <laughs> <laughs> Nederland authorities agreed to let the body stay, even making an exception to local laws. So hang on. He cryogenically put together his own facility in a basement in San Francisco. He then gets deported, which means his granddad, who was in the basement, doesn't get to go with him and now has no home. Yes, it says okay. he's working with the town from his native Norway. Bauget managed to hire a local to help keep his grandfather frozen under a pile of dry ice, preserved at a temperature of minus 60 degrees, kept in a tough shed. I'm not sure what a tough shed is. I reckon I could do minus 60 now. I'm I'm used to this. Minus 60. (laughs) You got antifreeze running through your veins. Apparently. It's blue. (laughs) Uh, It says his body has not been viewed since the day it was first frozen. It's next to a bag of peas and and a chicken that's been sat there for three years. When... In 2002, the town was looking for a theme for its spring festival. Oh, no. Someone suggested it be themed after the town's strangest resident. So it is Frozen Dead Guys Day. Jeez. <laughs> Frozen <laughs> Dead Guy Day. In 2015, the celebration saw well over 15,000 people participating in events such as the Parade of Hearses, Ice Turkey Bowling, Lick a, lick a dead man. <laughs> Tough shed coffin races. Tough shed. Frozen t-shirt contests. Snowy beach volleyball. And a salmon toss. Oh, I've not tossed a salmon for <laughs> since the police called me, actually. <laughs> if only Grandpa Brito could see what he is up to now. Grandma. Perhaps if the backyard cryonics of Mr. Bauget work out, one day he will. That's terrible. <laughs> I like the way they celebrate a dead guy a day. It is bizarre the things that certain towns are famous for. There is a town in Minnesota I've driven through called Darwin, and they claim to have the biggest ball of twine 
anywhere in the world. And you can drive past it and have a look. I also believe that Wyndham has the biggest ball of belly button lint. Apparently in the 1980s, they left depository bins and you could take the belly button fluff out of your belly button and put it into this uh, receptacle. And they now have the biggest ball, apparently. I of, thought that was in your closet. Of navel fluff. It's like Indiana Jones. I'm running through caves and this giant ball of belly button lint's coming after me and I'm running through cobwebs. It's a yeah, terrible... that's your closet. Terrible to do. What are you doing in my closet, madam? How dare you? I have a story that says Linda Bellingham's husband still makes love to her. When he's visited by her ghost. Linda Bellingham, by the way, was a very, very famous actress. She was famous for doing several very famous TV adverts in Britain. And she was also on the panel of our equivalent of The View. So the show was called Loose Women. And there was four or five women around a table where they discussed current affairs. And she was famous for being on there. Linda Bellingham's husband has told how she returns to him from the afterlife. And they still make love. Michael Patmore recounts in vivid detail how he sleeps with the ghost spirit of the Loose Women star, who died from colon cancer in October 2014, aged 66. He tells how, half asleep, he automatically reaches across the bed for the woman he describes as his soulmate. Michael 60 says he touches her with his hands. And the familiar smoothness of her silk nightgown and warmth of her skin are still there as he wraps his arms around her i do assume they buried her by the way he says of one such intimate occasion as her body snuggled into mine i breathed in the familiar scent of the woman i'd been lucky enough to spend 10 wonderful years with make love to me linda whispered his face nuzzled into mine kissing her i gazed down at those beautiful brown eyes i love you she smiled and i closed my eyes luxuriating in the warmth of her low husky voice it's very erotic, this, isn't it? I should be reading this out on air. She rolled her eyes at me across the bar, so I picked them up and rolled them back. But Michael does admit that a cold bolt of realisation hits him when his eyes open and he sees the empty space between his arms in the bed they shared for six years in their North London flat. Of course, Linda was no longer here. She passed away, he says. At first, he struggled to make sense of what had happened, but is adamant that Linda, who was very spiritual, had been there. He questions, how could I have made love to my wife when she was no longer here? But I did. I was certain of it. I felt her. I saw her. I heard her. Michael reveals how he burst out laughing because it suddenly seemed so funny to doubt that Linda had been back by his side in bed. What was so strange about the idea of Linda visiting me from the other side, he says, describing how their love was so strong, it was able to transcend any boundary. When she was terminally ill, she would joke with black humour about how her death would send messages down to him. Michael revealed how he speaks to a psychic medium every month who reassures him Linda is still there. In an interview with Spirit and Destiny magazine, he says he felt the mum of two's presence on many occasions since she died. He is convinced that two weeks after her death, her spirit returned in the form of a white butterfly, which fluttered around at her funeral. And he says the following month, the medium he turned to a few days earlier, whilst desperate for reassurance that his wife was still there, called to say that Linda was with him. He admits that at first he didn't believe the medium, but changed his mind when she said that Linda was glad he'd found her shoes. How would she know? I scrabbled around to find her favourite shoes to dress her in for the funeral, he asked, admitting the revelation had stopped him in his tracks. I did a reading 
many, many years ago in London, where a lady came to me and wanted to talk to her dad. And so I'm sat there trying to connect psychically with her dad. Her dad arrives. He's standing next to me. I tell the client, the lady, that dad's here. And she says, I want to have a message. I want to have a sign to know that he's with me. Ask him something that only I would know. And he presented to me a pair of slippers. He's standing there holding a pair of fluffy slippers. And I said to the woman, I don't know what this means. I have no idea what he's trying to tell me. But he's showing me a fluffy pair of slippers. And the woman gasped and took an intake of air and said that when he was buried, she buried him in his favourite slippers. And only she knew that. She was the person who helped dress the corpse apparently. And that was a way of her dad to tell her that he'd arrived. And that was the message that he gave her to start the whole conversation with. And we chatted for an hour and a half after that and reminisced and had fond memories. And there was lots of tears. It was fabulous. Just I'd share that with you. We move into the round that is UFOs and crypto zoology greg is yet to score i'm on a nice resplendent five heather's on three and greg is also on zero but kim's on two (laughs) it's easy to get confused between the two of you obviously the round of ufos and cryptozoology i have a story that says cougar with bizarre horn-like teeth on its head found in ohio it looks like it could be a chimera-like beast from an ancient myth. This bizarre cougar was actually found among the hunting community of Idaho, United States. The cougar or mountain lion was shot in western southeast Idaho last week by an anonymous hunter. A conservation officer inspected the animal, sent a photograph to the Idaho Fish and Games Southeast Regional Office in Pocatello, which surprised and confused their staff. The photograph appears to show horn-like teeth growing out of a large tissue on the mountain lion's forehead. Idaho Fish and Game passed the image on to their veterinarian colleagues and local wildlife experts to help identify what was going on. Although there is no clear consensus amongst them, they have a few ideas. Firstly, it could be that it has teratoma. This is a rare type of tumour that spawns grotesque growths capable of containing hair, bone and teeth that explains donald trump then doesn't it and even parts of limbs or organs these tumors are incredibly rare in humans although they have been found in a few isolated examples in the animal kingdom amongst them dogs horses and other mammals secondly it could be the remnants of a conjoined twin that's possibly died in the womb and was absorbed by a mountain lion it's cerberus isn't it it's the two-headed dog that guards the very gates of Hades, I tell you. Lastly, it could be the result of an injury to the cougar's teeth or jaw, which healed in unfortunate circumstances. Zach Lockyer, a local wildlife biologist, told Idaho State Journal that this is perhaps the least likely of all possibilities, as the image doesn't appear to show any injury or trauma around the jaw. It's a bizarre situation and a bizarre photo, Lockyer added. We may never know why those teeth are there. The cougar is still in the hands of the hunter who plans to have the carcass stuffed and preserved by a taxidermist. However, Idaho Fish and Game hope to carry out a post-mortem and perform x-rays on the mountain lion to help come to a more solid conclusion. This is how stories of unicorns start, isn't it? You just know there was a horse born once many years ago that had a similar growth or horn on its head. You've got to feel sorry for the mother giving birth at that point, haven't you? Just see where we're going with this. You just know something like that has happened. So a cougar with a horn 
please send your jokes to MQTA at rocketmount.com. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of cryptozoology and UFOs? I have a pig born with a face of a monkey. It's a monkey pig. Yes. It's a mig. Could be It's a punky. The, it could be the result of environmental pollution. But what does it taste like? Again. <sighs> Gross. Chicken. Chicken. Hurrah. <laughs> a piglet born with the head of a monkey could be the result of environmental pollution. You know somewhere a monkey's got hold of a pig and they've gone for it. The monkey's had a few drinks. It's been in the bar. The pig doesn't look so bad anymore. He wakes up in the morning. There's no one in the bed next to him. The pig's cooking his breakfast with an apron on. Everything's gone downhill from there. <laughs> Just a wild stab in the dark. <laughs> Images and video of the animal quickly went viral on social media as viewers branded the strange creature a monkey pig. They I told you. The animal appears to have a shortened snout as well as monkey-like ears and eyes. Sadly, the piglet died just four days after it was born. That's a shame. Oh. I was hoping it would get its own reality show. A video of the pig showed its owner holding it up in his arms as a crowd gathered around to look at it in the city of Siago de Avila in central Cuba. Spider pig, spider pig. Only this one's a monkey. Perhaps it's, it's a spider monkey pig. How would that be? It could be. It could be. One of a kind, never before seen. One of the bystanders can be heard commenting. According to local media, the owner visited a vet who explained that the piglet had been born with a congenital defect, which caused its look and ultimately its death. It is not the first time that a porcine creature has come into the world looking like it belongs in a jungle, with deformed pigs being reported from South America through to China. Whatever the reason, the monkey piglet quickly became something of a local tourist attraction with people coming from across the area to photograph its remarkable features before it died. Am I the only person around this table that remembers a Chinese, Japanese serial in drama, a drama serial of 1970s called Monkey, where there was a character that was like a monkey god and he had a friend with him called Pig and they went and did martial arts. You're looking at me as if I'm mad. They had clouds to go around on and they walked around on clouds to move from one place to another. And there was monkey and there was a pig as well. And we need to look okay. this up. <laughs> You've missed out. This is what happens, you see, when you're in America. You're missing out on British culture as we mm. speak. I have a story that says, does amazing videos show UFO flying into a swirling vortex above the Large Hadron Collider? This is the eerie moment a UFO seems to disappear into a swirling vortex above a complex of nuclear research tunnels. The amazing clip taken near Geneva, Switzerland, shows something very odd happening in the sky over the Hadron Collider. The cloud begin to swell together as if drawn by some immense unseen force as the spin around each other like water draining down a plug oh, a speck of light appears in the bottom of the shot it shoots up towards the vortex faster than any earthly craft can travel before suddenly disappearing possibly to another dimension the Large Hadron Collider is a particle accelerator based at the European Particle Physics Laboratory in CERN in Switzerland. It allows scientists to reproduce conditions that existed just after the Big Bang, 13.7 billion years ago, by colliding beams of light at high-energy protons or ions at near-light speed. The particles race around a 27-kilometer circular tunnel 100 meters under the ground, and their collisions are observed by highly sophisticated instruments if you wish to see a ufo 
Parting the Clouds and Flying Around the Hadron Collider in Switzerland, you can go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. I was once in Zurich in Switzerland and I saw a police officer standing in the snow up to his neck. And I said to him, having a rough day, he said, yes, but it's obviously worse for the horse. <laughs> Switzerland's very expensive, by the way. If you ever go there, take lots of money with you. It's a very, very expensive country to live in. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Giant metal balls fall from the sky over Vietnam. Vietnam's balls. Yes. Military officials have been conducting an investigation after the objects fell from the sky on Saturday. Locals from Vietnam's Tang Dung and, You're making words up and Bo Dap. Bo Dap and Tang Dong. Communities reported thunder-like sounds in the region and observed flying objects prior to the incident, which took place during the weekend. In total, three balls were reported to have fallen over the area. One which weighed only 250 grams landed on the roof of the house, while a second weighing six kilograms came down in a nearby garden. The third ball, which weighed in at a whopping 45 kilograms... That's a large ball. ...fortunately missed the residential area completely and instead landed in a cornfield in the neighboring Tian Quang province. When they say a residential area, they're talking about some straw huts and a little field of rice. Yes. Yes, okay. Military officials have since been conducting an investigation into the incident and believe that the spheres were most likely components dropped by a Russian rocket during a failed satellite launch. Yeah, right. Might as well call it swamp gas. Is this anywhere near Hanoi? Hanoi? You can't get Yes, I can. Yes, I can. That's close enough. We'll have that. Uh I've got a story here that says JFK was murdered by CIA after demanding spooks release top-secret UFO files. President John F. Kennedy was murdered by the CIA after demanding the agency release top UFO files it has been claimed. Did I not say this last week? On last week's show, when Hillary Clinton came out and said, if I get to be president... I'm going to release all the UFO files. And did I not say on last week's show, that'll be the end for her? They won't let her do that. And now we have a story this week that say JFK was about to release all the UFO files. And that's why he got shot. It's bizarre, isn't it? I find the whole thing very odd. Kennedy was infamously shot dead whilst travelling in an open-air-topped car through the centre of Dallas, Texas, on November the 22nd, 1963. At exactly the same time, by the way, that the first ever Doctor Who episode was televised on British television. His death sent shockwaves around the world and has spawned dozens of conspiracy theories. But in perhaps the most spectacular revelation to date, UFO expert Scott C. Waring claims the president sent a letter to the head of the CIA only 10 days before he was killed. Copies of the letter were posted by Waring on his website, UFO Sightings Daily. He said the president also visited NASA's base at Cape Canaveral in Florida four days after the memo. In the letter, JFK apparently asked for the CIA to detail everything it knows about UFO sightings. The letter said it would be very helpful if you would have the high threat cases reviewed with the purposes of identification of bona fide as opposed to classified CIA and USAF sources. It is common that we make a clear distinction between the knowns and the unknowns in the event of Soviets trying to mistake our extended cooperation as a cover for intelligence gathering of their defence and space programmes. So he wants to get together with the Russians here so we don't fire rockets at one another 
in case a UFO goes over and the Russians think, aye, aye, the Americans are throwing stuff over, we'll throw some stuff back and vice versa. I would like you to arrange a program of data sharing with NASA where unknowns are a factor. The president is also claimed to have sent a letter to NASA requesting that the agency cooperate with the Soviets on the issue of UFOs. Waring suggests that JFK was worried the Soviets might mistake UFOs over Russia for spy planes. Mr. Waring called into question presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton's promise to make public all U.S. government papers on UFOs. He wrote presidential candidate Hillary Clinton doesn't know it yet, but she does not have the power to release such information. The CIA would kill her before she could, just like they did with JFK. Hillary will be too scared of the CIA to release such information. I'm sure NASA has put so many telescopes into orbit just to keep an eye on the Kennedys. Does anyone else have any more stories? Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Holidaymaker films UFO in skies above Manchester as he takes off from City's airport. Is this a UFO flying through the skies of Manchester? The clip was taken by a holidaymaker at the onset of his trip from the city's airport and shows unusual white lines stream through the air and then disappear quickly. Did you I see that? you missed onset. Yes, I see what you did. I shall give you points. Very crafty. The footage was uploaded onto YouTube by David Baugh from Charlton in the hope of finding out what the strange flying object could be. He told the Manchester Evening News, I took the footage in September while I was on my way with my family to Mallorca, but I didn't look at it for months. Then when I came to look back at it, I saw that there was a strange thing flying in the sky next to the plane after we took to the air. I don't personally think it is aliens because I don't believe in them, but I do think it is a mystery that I was hoping someone might help me solve. He added, I always have my phone in my hand and film things. Too wow. bad you didn't have that story. I'm sorry, madam. What are you suggesting? I had nothing in my hands and I've not filmed anything. <laughs> you never know when you might see something unusual or something weird might happen. Oh, you mean in my hand? Okay, I'll give myself another point. <laughs> I only uploaded the UFO clip this week, but so far no one has come forward to say what it could be. Hopefully now it can be explained. There we go. And if people wish to see the strange UFO hovering above manchester airport this week again they can go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee we move now into the round that is the strange and the bizarre it's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to include in any other category but are too fabulous not to read out live on air the round of the strange and the very bizarre greg is yet to score i'm on seven points for mentioning the word hand back up to eight so many times heather's on three and kim has nudged herself into second place with a nice resplendent four heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of strange and bizarre I'm going back to manchester kim this is the place to be this week police were called after a man gets stuck in a urinal. <laughs> How on earth? He must I be know. blessed. Part of him got stuck. I was going to say, he must be blessed. Manchester police had to be called after a man somewhat got stuck to a urinal yesterday, according to reports. The bizarre cry for help came from the public toilets in Manchester City Centre after a man's clothing got snagged on the toilet. That Why wouldn't you just take your clothes off then? You don't take your clothes off when you use a urinal. You just, you know, you're either over the wall or you're around the wall. You're not actually, there's, the well, wall I, isn't removed. It's over the wall, round the wall. 
I understand that, but if you got stuck, you'd start taking them off, wouldn't you? And then oh. unstick yourself, wouldn't you? Have you unstuck yourself recently, Greg, in a public toilet? No, I haven't. The man who was clearly annoyed with his predicament was heard swearing to himself. A passerby heard the man's cries and contacted police. The Manchester Evening News reported a city center police spokesman said... We had to give him a hand. We were were alerted at 8.58 a.m. to a call from the The Luz on Lloyd Street. A distressed male who was cursing to himself had become snagged on a urinal. It is not understood how the man and his clothes became so entangled, but a security officer was able to rescue the man. Only Professor Hans Zarkov, formerly of NASA, has provided any explanation. The spokesman <laughs> added he was cut free oh, by no. security. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. I have a story that says woman spots Jesus in ultrasound scan watched over our unborn baby. The ultrasound of one woman's unborn baby has received international attention after she's claimed it shows Jesus watching over the little one. The image, which has gone viral online, is shared by an Argentinian woman who is also known by the name Fanny. Daughter Alfonsia was born in Cordoba to Fanny, who claimed she had visions of the Messiah when she was pregnant. Sadly, the 29-year-old mum has suffered thrombosis, causing multiple earlier miscarriages. But when she said she saw Jesus in the scan, she knew Alfonsia was going to be born At healthy. least it wasn't a mermaid this time. Yes, that was problematic last week, yes. wasn't it? With standing there with a pitchfork. I will, never, <laughs> I will never lose faith. I put all my trust in God, who throughout the pregnancy gave me various signs. She said there has been no six-month scam planned, but she was given the image of it by one student doctor who treated her because they said they liked the little foot. The face-like image with flowing hair only became clear when she got home. When she got home, I realised you can see it is the face of Christ in the photo, she said. This is when I knew without a shadow of a doubt that he had not abandoned us. So if you want to see a picture of Christ, please don't write. You can visit our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? going to go to your favorite subject oh no it could be many things a map shows squirrels are winning the cyber war love of squirrels again what's it squirrelnews.com has come up (laughs) trumps again for kim and heather on january 2nd the power went out on the lloyd expressway near evansville indiana the outage lasted 45 minutes with a transformer damaged and stoplights turned off don't tell me there was a screw with some wire cutters. Yes. Oh, man. They're wily little buggers, aren't they? They're getting into everything. They're going to set off a nuclear war at some point. You realise this. And then only screws will be left. And they will rule the planet like some sort of weird planet of the apes, only with squirrels. <laughs> the attack is just one of the latest tracked by the semi-satirical Cyber Squirrel 1 map. This map, according to its About section, lists all unclassified cyber squirrel operations that have been released to the public that we have been able to confirm. There are many more executed ops than displayed on this map. However, those ops remain classified. (laughs) Can you believe that? Classified. Somebody must have had some fun writing that up. There's a network of squirrels out there communicating with each other, taking down 
the American Cyberspace and Electric Network. (laughs) Based on data from a Twitter account dating back to at least March 2014, the map has been around since at least September 2015. It tracks power outages caused by squirrels, birds, raccoons, snakes, rats, beavers, and monkeys, as well as nations like China, Russia, and the United States. Hang on a second. (laughs) Are they comparing those nations to those animals? Yes. What was the first animal? Uh, The first animal was squirrels. And what was the country mentioned? China. And what was the next animal? Birds. And they were linked to... Russia. Birds in Russia. And what have we got in America? Raccoons. Raccoons. (laughs) There you go. If there is a cyber war happening, it's one fought between humanity and nature, not nations against each other. This is hardly the first attempt to use squirrels as a metaphor for exaggerated fears about cyber war. Before he was comparing the risk to planes from drones relatives to turtles... Eli Dorado, an economist and technologist at the Libertarian Mercatus Center, made a similar point about squirrels and power outages. Say his name is Center again, I will give you a point. (laughs) Oh, well, let me find it here quick. Uh, Eli Dorado, an economist and technologist at the Libertarian Mercatus Center. Perfect. You're now on eight. (laughs) Just enjoy it. Good for you. Like the cyber squirrel map, the argument reveals itself merely by the data points selected. Natural causes get in the way of technology a lot. Even successful cyber attacks, like the one that took out power in part of Ukraine last month, can so far only replicate damage that animals might do anyway. How ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's a joy. What they're suggesting is that these aren't between nations. What they're suggesting is Russian squirrels and Chinese squirrels are talking with American squirrels and they're all getting together to knock out humanity. It says there's no borders with this. Isn't it a joy that squirrels from all over the world can come together under one big happy umbrella of rodentry? Rodentry? Rodentry, I'm sure that's Fantastic. a Fantastic. I'm happy to stick with that. Welcome to the round that is not for your mother. This means you have now accessed the show in our archives. Well done for you for being tech savvy. This is the round where your mother needs to be removed from the room. If you have small minors, anyone who is easily upset or gets worried over innuendo and sexually laden material, this would be the time to shuffle them into the bedroom next door. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I have a man who's been arrested for posing as a policeman to stop his dad from hiring prostitutes. Wow. I know. A 20- Just tell his mom. That will put an end to it. I can assure you. <laughs> a 21-year-old man has been arrested in China for pretending to be a policeman to stop his dad from hiring prostitutes. The man, who has only been identified by his surname Goo... Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, he's, so I'm suggesting then if he's followed his dad all around the red light district, there's Goo everywhere. Uh, said he had dressed as a police officer on New Year's Day when he realized his father was planning to hire a prostitute after he called him asking for money, according to the China News Service. Good way to bring in the new year, though, to be fair, isn't it? Gu from Shangzhou. He might have been given gift certificates for Christmas, maybe. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Gu from Shangzhou in the southern province of Yangzhou. They're always from Shangzhou, aren't they? Have you noticed? Every story. Said that this was the third time he used the outfit to scare off sex workers in an attempt to stop his father wasting more money on them. 
The South China Morning Post reported that witnesses said he used a taser he had bought online to frighten a passing dog, which actually led to the real police dog being called. The outfit also included a plastic pistol, padded vest, toy handcuffs, a fake electric baton, and a counterfeit badge. What was his dad up to? That he had to taser a dog. I have no what idea. What on earth was he paying for, this man? <laughs> I have no idea. The young man is reported to have said he had always wanted to be a police officer after working as a security guard for several years. So, this is the way he lived it out. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yes. Stopping just, his dad from having fun. That's remarkable. Spending the inheritance. That's right. <laughs> Gone. Disappeared into the ether. I have a story that says elderly lady hospitalized after bedazzling her vagina. Her vajazzle? Vajazzle. Her vagina. You're making compound nouns out of my story. With her granddaughter's arts and crafts kit. (laughs) (laughs) You've bought that for Christmas. Where's my arts and crafts kit gone, Grandma? I'll show you. Las Vegas, a frisky 92-year-old great-grandmother, Mildred Vanderson, was hospitalized over the weekend after tricking out her vagina with her granddaughter's bedazzle kit. According to family members, Van Dorsum had signed up for online dating service recently, where she met a 36-year-old male who asked her out on a date after seeing her eHarmony profile picture. Bearing in mind she's 92 and he's 36. The family tried to convince the great-grandmother of 22 to reconsider, mainly because of her age and her new hip replacement. (laughs) However, oh, I'm sorry, madam, I'm sure that'll go back. They say Vandersorum was persistent and ready for an adventure. But everything took a horrible turn on Saturday evening when Vanderson began complaining of shortness of breath, nausea and dizziness. Her daughter Ruth insisted on taking Vanderson to the hospital. When they arrived, Ruth explained to the ER doctor that her mum had been on a date with a younger man the previous night. It may be a bit too much for her. But that's when Vanderson interrupted and confessed to the doctor the real story. Oh, I don't think it was the date itself, sweetie, said Vanderson, as she explained the possible cause of her symptoms to the ER doctor. I think it might have been that damn bedazzle kit I stole from Lizzie's room before my date on Friday. I decided to bling out my goodies. You know, just a little wrap of like the rap stars do on their teeth. And I did just that. And the boy was very surprised. That's where her last date left his teeth. (laughs) That's where he left his teeth. Christ. The boy was surprised. He only took her to Dairy Queen. I laid on my side and lifted my leg in the air and said, Hey, yum, yum. Do you like my new smile? (laughs) That is terrible. You're not going to have teeth down there with gums like that, sweetheart. I was blinged from front to back. He nearly had his eye out. This is in Dairy Queen. He said he looked more like a frown. (laughs) Did you make that up? But that didn't stop him. No, look, it says it there. More like a frown. Oh. It was looking pensive, if anything. After the examination, the doctor found that several of the gems had been forced up into Vanderson's uterus. I wonder what could have forced them up. (laughs) Additionally... (laughs) She had used super glue to adhere the gems oh. to her vaginal area, causing poison to her system. 
The superglue and the gemstones were settled into her vagina wall for over 24 hours, causing swelling, infection and lesions. Van der Soen was treated and released the following day. Doctors say this is not the first time they have seen somebody come into the emergency room for trying to spruce up their feminine parts. However, they did say this was the first time they had seen anyone do it above the age of 50. <laughs> 92. First date. She lifts it up and you says... you got to hey. love the woman's character. <laughs> She's probably thinking, I ain't got long on this earth. I need to grab it with both hands. He obviously, you know, was then interested, I'm guessing. That obviously was the clincher. They're not going to be invited back to that restaurant, are they, is where we're going. Oh, Kim, what have you got for me tonight? A round of not for your mother. Man stole sex toys after proposing to girlfriend over supermarket tannoy system. Wow, there's nothing romantic, is there, about having a proposal over a tannoy system in a grocery store? That would, yeah, clean, that would do a... Clean up on aisle two. <laughs> it's probably not quite the romantic proposal a girl dreams of. A couple were arrested after allegedly going on a sex toy shoplifting spree just minutes after getting engaged. Hang on a second. Is this a super grocery supermarket store that's just selling sex toys? I is don't it, know. Or is this some sort of European they mentioned supermarket? the names of several different stores throughout this oh. story, so I'm wondering if it isn't like a mall type thing. I get the impression, perhaps, they went into the uh, grocery store, he made the proposal, and then they decided to go on a spending spree after this. Just mm-hmm. for things for the wedding night, you hear what I'm saying? Uh, William Cornelius, 25, reportedly popped the question to girlfriend Sherry Moore, 20, over the Tenoy system at a Walmart store in Michigan. Classy. Walmart? Mm-hmm. Onlookers at the supermarket in Bay City cheered and applauded as he got down on one knee with a $32 engagement ring. Sweet. Nice. There you go. I'd have waited till the test came back, to be honest. (laughs) You can buy those at Walmart, too. You can. Everything's there for you. While most newly engaged couples... Hang on a second. How do you know such things? What? That you can buy them in Walmart for $32. What, a ring? Oh, I see. I'm sorry. I got confused. <laughs> I thought you meant a pregnancy test. Well, you can get those at Walmart, too, but you can also get them at the dollar store. What? A pregnancy test at the dollar store? Yeah, it's true. I, wow. We're going to have to okay. look. I, who knew? Who, I've never needed one. You know, well. <laughs> <laughs> While most newly engaged couples would celebrate with champagne, the young lovers allegedly marked the occasion by stealing from a nearby adult store. According to police, the pair went to a nearby Spencer's gift store where they are accused of shoplifting a vibrator, an edible thong, and other sex toys, the smoking gun reported. An edible thumb. Thong. thong. Oh, thong. I thought you yes. meant a thumb. Oh. I was wondering what the people are doing in this country with edible thumbs. I was concerned. Putting it up their butt. Hitchhiking. <laughs> sorry. You're going to go on a long journey and meet a stranger. There you go. Oh. <laughs> the haul valued at approximately $80, a bride-to-be thong, a $16 vibrator, BJ Blast oral sex candy, and a <laughs> $650 edible thong, under Sheriff Troy Cunningham told the website. The pair were arrested at the shopping mall where Cornelius was reportedly found asleep at a food court table. The wow. <laughs> the wow. Spencer's items were allegedly recovered along with earrings and a necklace, which are believed Would to have been really shoplifted from Would you really want those returned? 
<laughs> yeah, they've only been slightly used. And he is taking the nap afterwards, so yeah. Something <sighs> strange has happened there, isn't it? That's something to tell the grandchildren, though, isn't it? <laughs> it would be memorable, yeah. I still, I still find it remarkable that that grandmother of 92 went into her granddaughter's room and stole her bedazzle kit. What's her granddaughter? I, I just, there's so much going on there. There's so many marin meta-narratives i don't know where to start it confounds me in every area heather <laughs> what have you got to me tonight in the round of vaginas i have a vagina story i'm pleased you have mm. the police are looking into it how about this i have something to go with your granny's disco ball that she's got down there if you sign the flashlight on it everyone could be dancing that's right especially with vagina speakers <laughs> vagina speakers <laughs> you're coming through i can hear you greg the latest gadget for pregnant women. Seriously. <laughs> pregnant women who like the idea of placing, playing music to their unborn babies can now do so through a brand new gadget called a vagina speaker. Wow. You could play MQTA to unborn children. The yes. first thing they could hear is my dulcet tones coming through the airwaves, telling stories of the strange and the bizarre. There you go. Spanish company BabyPod has created a small pink device that can be inserted into the vagina just like a tampon. Yes, but this tampon doesn't absorb blood. Instead, it turns a woman's vagina into a sound system, into a party. Let's face it. I wonder and, what the acoustics are. I don't know. It, it, like the Albert Hall. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty it, of reverb on this, Greg. It connects to her smartphone, transporting music up into the womb at a volume of 54 decibels. It's kind of similar to a gentle conversation. Jeez, if you played Kanye West, it'd be fighting to get out. It'd be 22 <laughs> weeks early. Just what all mums to be need, right? That would be embarrassing on a train, though, wouldn't it? Do you know when you're on the train and you hear... And you're thinking someone's got headphones on too loud and the woman crosses her legs and it goes... Could you imagine her walking along? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. But like that's fading terrible. in and out, wouldn't it? Like, that's, isn't that called the Doppler effect? I did this in science. It sort of goes... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just, if she was running for the bus, you could get that better. Maybe, the website explains BabyPod is a small intravaginal device that stimulates neural development in unborn babies through music. Scientific studies shows that it encourages communication and vocalization in babies before birth... Through the music streamed, BabyPod gives them their first musical and learning experience, depending on what's being beamed up there. Beethoven. Yeah. The product was launched this month at the first concert for fetuses ever held in the world, which took place in Spain. 2009 Eurovision singer Soraya. Saw what? A Soraya. Have you been to Dairy Queen and got a sorea recently? Yes. You have? Wow. Serenaded 10 pregnant women, all of who had baby pods in their vaginas. Isn't that nice? You wouldn't want to use it after them, would you? That's what I'm saying. Well, she serenaded them with Christmas carols. That was so sweet. Do they have to be on different frequencies? <laughs> I don't know. I think they're all on the same frequency. I have no idea. I wonder if they're actually hooked to their phone when they do it, you know. With there the are more questions than answers. A sonogram showed uh, the change in the baby's expressions and apparently showed their mouths moving in time with the music. I don't believe no, that. No, I find that hard to believe. They're lip syncing in the womb, really? Don't say that. We'll have calls in. <laughs> <laughs> the baby she's pod- miming, Greg. Look, I think she's miming. <laughs> the baby pod has been... 
gynecology approved by the Institute Marquis in Barcelona. It's for sale to anyone who wants to fork out 91 pounds for their fetus to enjoy Spotify playlists or any other playlists you want to beam up there. Stick an earbud up there with your finger, you'd be fine. I used to be a gynecologist, did you know that? I'm retired now, but I still like to keep my hand in. God. Points all round. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all good things must come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery is Greg, who scored one point. In third place, it is Heather, who managed to get to four, but tied for the lead with eight points each. It is myself and Kim, so let us have a nice big hand of applause. Oh, I've gone up to nine. I've won. Look at that. <laughs> you lost at the very last knockings, I'm afraid. And I will now win the resplendent $33,000 IR camera. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of squirrel-related stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me in a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Pictures of Jesus in fannies. Strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore lee underscore tips and remember we have archives on soundcloud.com if you look for mqta radio we are about to do another 20 to 25 minutes off air in a round called not for your mother it's the stories from around the world that we can't read out live on air but they will be on our archives do remember we are three to four weeks behind my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris chaton drainer kim Gore, and all at the international paranormal society at int paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>